Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development program that changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to message number three in this series on the morning after life after the rapture. Now, I'll tell you, I got some incredibly exciting things I'm going to be sharing with you about the rapture, about what is going to happen in the world slightly before the time of the rapture, right after the time of the rapture, right up until the time of the end. And, you know, I'm going to show you some things that honestly, I doubt that Many people have ever, ever considered there are some very clear models, not only of the rapture, but there are some very clear models of what happens immediately after the rapture that are provided in the Old Testament. I, I think you're going to be astounded to see how many times there are references made to what we call the rapture. Now, again, the word rapture is a transliteration of a Latin word uh, that is based on a Greek word. And that Greek word means to be caught away or to be snatched away or to be taken up. And I'm not I'm not here to argue with you or to debate with you about whether there's a pre-trip, mid-trip, post-trip, all that kind of stuff. I'm just going to share with you what the Bible says about the rapture, uh, what you what we can know about it, what we can't know about it. But I want you to know again what's going to happen immediately before the rapture, what's going to happen immediately after the rapture, and what the rapture is going to mean to us and why it is important to have an open heart about the rapture. I'm telling you, as the world gets darker and darker and darker, people who do not have confidence in the rapture are going to be incredibly overwhelmed, incredibly discouraged. And I'm not one of those preachers who, who is kind of preaching and teaching an easy believism and that we'll never face any difficulty or hardship. No, I'm not telling you that at all, but I am going to tell you that God has a way of escape. But I'm going to tell you this, most importantly, we will never experience the wrath of God because most of what we have been taught about the rapture is not in the Bible, or in fact, is contrary to much of what the Bible teaches us. And so we'll, we'll touch on that and why all that is so very important. But today I'm going to talk to you about spiritual insanity. Now I'm telling you, if, if you've got one eye and a half sense, you look at the world around you and, you, and it's, you're, it's easy to understand the world has lost his mind. The world is insane. And uh, it's, it's, it's hard to even imagine that the world is going to get any worse than it is now. But I'm telling you, immediately after the rapture, there is going to be a spiritual insanity that will set into the earth that's going to be uh, unlike anything that has ever, ever occurred in planet Earth. It's going to be more vicious. It's going to be more wicked. It's going to be more brutal than anything recorded in the Bible so far. So, so we need to understand what's coming. But I'll tell you what we need to do besides understanding what's coming. We need to be preparing people to depart planet Earth. We need to be preparing people to not be here on the day after the rapture. We need to be preparing people uh, and helping them have the hope and the confidence that God is our deliverer, he's not our tormentor, and that, in fact, uh, we can look to him and believe that he is going to treat us with a special, special treatment. And we're even going to get it. Why is God going to treat us special? Why, why are we going to escape something that no other generation has ever escaped? 
you know, for years, it wasn't that I didn't believe in the rapture. I just couldn't believe what most people taught about the rapture because, you know, you look at uh, you look at the Soviet Union, the former Soviet Union, what, uh, you know, uh, 80 to 100 million people, you know, died. Same thing in uh, uh, in China and, and, and the, the communist overthrow of China. Billions of people starved to death in the aftermath that was caused by that was caused by all of this seduction and, and, and all this corruption. And and so so you know you look at that and you think, well, it's unfair that those people didn't get delivered from their persecution. So for me, it was kind of almost insulting and naive to think that the rest of the world would have gone through so much tribulation, but but some of us somehow are going to escape the tribulation that's coming. Well, we are, but there's some very, very specific biblical reasons for that. And these reasons actually help us to grasp and understand God's goodness, God's righteousness, uh, God's love for, for us, but also the very unique place that the church, the bride of Christ, actually holds in the heart of God. By the way, let me mention this so I can just jump into my message here and get on with this. But uh, I want you to encourage you to be watching for our Thanksgiving special. Every year at this time of the year, we run some incredible specials. And, and let me just tell you something. If you want to give a gift to somebody that's going to keep on giving, giving give them some uh, instruction in the Word of God. Give them some tools that will help them develop their life. And I'm telling you, they will be eternally grateful, and you will eternally influence their life. So for our Thanksgiving special, which is going to run from, uh, I think, for, for about another week or about another 10 days after this after this program runs, uh, there's going to be a 25% off all products, including heart physics products. We very seldom put heart physics products on sale, but you'll be able to get heart physics products for 25% off. Plus, if you are a world changer, you'll get an additional 10% off. It's a way for us just to say thank you for helping us take this uh, message of the gospel of the kingdom to the ends of the earth. All right. So one of the greatest controversies in modern theology, uh, really there, there are several big, big, big controversies, but one of the great controversies involves the you know, end-time events, involves uh, the rapture, where there is a rapture, where there's not a rapture, the tribulation, what is the tribulation, and, and, and the millennium, the thousand-year reign of Jesus here on earth. And uh, uh, widely, the Christians in the world do not believe that these events are, in fact, literal, but they are. You know, the, the prophecies concerning Jesus' first coming to planet Earth as a suffering Savior, there are over 300 prophecies that got down as detailed as to what the people, the soldiers, what they were saying, what they were doing, where he was going to be buried. Uh, there are over, over 300 very uh, unique, explicit, word-for-word -word prophecies that were fulfilled at the first coming of Jesus. And honestly, none of the people who believed that the Messiah was coming, none of the people even believed that God was who he said is, believed those prophecies and did not believe they would or could be fulfilled the way that God said they would be fulfilled. And now here we are now. In the book of Revelation alone, there are over 800 prophecies in the book of Revelation, that you, if you don't understand those prophecies, you can't really understand the book of Revelation. And so here we are today, you know, just, just by posting an ad about this, uh, this series on, uh, on Facebook page, I thought people were going to get an argument over, over just us having an ad about this series. And now they don't know what the series is about. They don't understand what it's about. They made comments 
uh, very, very foolish comments, very rude comments, not even knowing what I was going to be teaching because this is such a hot button. But one of the, one of the comments that jumped out at me the most is that, is that uh, uh, you know, the, the rapture and all the end time events, but they're just, they are, they're allegories. They're just stories. They're really not true. Well, that's what they said about the first coming of Jesus. And that's what people have been saying about the second coming of Jesus for quite a long time. Uh, the prophecies about the, about the second coming of Jesus, just like the prophecies about the first coming of Jesus, they are not allegories. They are very, very detailed, very, very specific. And if you don't know the Bible, you really can't understand many of these prophecies. But I'm telling you what, if you, if you know history, if you know world history, if you know the Bible, you don't have any trouble accepting the accuracy of the prophecies of God's Word concerning the second coming of Jesus. But also, there are prophecies that make a clear distinction between uh, the rapture and the second coming. And sadly, most people do not recognize those distinctions. As a matter of fact, there are three very clear distinctions about all end-time prophecies that if you can't sort out these three distinctions, you'll always be confused. Number one is there are some prophecies that are talking about the church. Uh, there are some prophecies that are talking about the nation of Israel. And then there are some prophecies that are talking about the second coming of Jesus. And actually, you could add a fourth thing. And then there's some prophecies that are talking about the rapture. And there's a tendency to roll all those up into one ball and mesh them together and try to come up with some, something that makes sense. And you can't do it because you're taking four different issues and trying to combine them into one. And it's really, you know what? Uh, I love teaching this stuff from the most simplistic point of view and getting it down where we can understand the important things and not argue about uh, the complex things and not, not lose our faith over things that are too complex for us to understand. But anyhow, so when you, when you want to understand end time events, one of the things that you do have to understand is you do have to understand what is probably the most controversial uh, topic uh, in uh, almost all of modern Christianity, and that is who has authority over planet Earth. Man, I'm telling you, people just will go nuts over this because, the, you know, some people believe that God is in control of everything that happens in planet Earth, and everything that happens, good or bad, it happens for some mystical reason. And, uh, and you know, we, we can't know what his reasons are. We can't know his will. We can't understand why he does stuff. People think that he kills some people and he lets other people live. He's kind to some people. He's cruel to some people. Well, all of that negates everything the Bible teaches about God. God can be understood. God can, is predictable. God reveals himself to us so that we can always know what to expect from him. It's only the pagan gods who are unpredictable, who who are sneaky and, and really wicked and who have a tendency to do things, bad things to people. Uh, and so, but, but there are people that believe God is in control of everything. If God is in control of everything, then what the Luciferians say about him is true. He's got to be an evil God because of all the evil things that are happening. Well, I got news for you. God's not in control of everything. I'm telling you right now, I know some people's heads are just blowing up. Uh, because the real truth is God gave authority to the human race in the book of Genesis, first chapter, when he created man, he said, let us make man in our own image, in our own likeness, and let him have dominion. And then you start from right there, and you go all the way through the entire Bible, and you discover that from beginning to end, man has authority over planet Earth. Now, the real truth is God owns planet Earth, 
but he gave authority to man. Go in and read Mark 12. It, it gives you a parable laying out everything about man having authority here on planet Earth. Uh, in fact, what's so interesting is Jesus never worked one single miracle here because he had authority as the Son of God. He worked miracles, he said, came out of his mouth because he had the authority of the Son of Man. He was a man. Authority had been given to man. It was the power of God working through him that worked miracles, but it was the right, the authority to work those miracles because authority had been given to man. If God, if Jesus had ever worked a miracle as the Son of God, then the honest truth is this whole thing would have fallen apart because he would have lied. He would have reversed his word. He would have broken uh, God's word. And then there's a third category of, of belief that people have. Some people believe that Satan has authority over planet Earth. Golly, I have heard just the craziest theological positions about Satan having authority over planet Earth. There is not one scripture in the entire Bible that ever says that when man sinned, he gave his authority over to Satan. He didn't give up his authority. He gave his identity. You see, because he knew who he was in relationship to God, he knew that he had been delegated authority in planet Earth. And out of that sense of identity, out of that likeness and image of God, he was to exercise that authority and to establish God's righteousness in planet Earth. So planet Earth has become what man has wanted it to be, not necessarily what God has wanted it to be. You know, Psalm 115, 16 says this. It says, the heavens, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. That is as clear as it gets. I mean, you take that and you couple that with the book of Genesis where God created us in his likeness and image, gave us authority. Uh, it's sort of like, well, how much plainer can you get than that? And so, you know, when Jesus was raised from the dead, for the first time, something happened that had never, never, never uh, existed in all since the creation of all things. And that is for the first time, the son of God in heaven had authority in heaven. And because he had become emptied himself and become the son of man, he had authority here on earth. And for the first time in the history of creation, heaven and earth could come into authority because the son of God and the son of man was the same being. And, and so through Jesus, that, by the way, that's why Jesus even has the right to come back and deliver us from the Antichrist at the end of time is because he has the power of the Son of God, and he has the authority of the Son of Man. And so he has the right to come back, exercise God's authority here on planet Earth, and deliver us from the wicked one. I'm, I'm telling you that. That so, so, so excites me. Now, the morning after the rapture, I'm using the term morning after, honestly, uh, it could be the day after, it could be an hour after. This this is going to happen so quickly. It's just going to it's going to be amazing. But the morning after the rapture, the world is going to plunge into darkness, uh, and it's going to happen at such an exponential rate that it's going to be hard to believe what's happening so incredibly quickly. And it's going to be a plunge into into darkness that can only be described by what I call spiritual insanity. Now, the warning that Jesus gave over and over and over about the beginning of sorrows, which is the time prior to the tribulation, about, uh, about the time of the tribulation, about all of these things that were coming on planet Earth, the, the one warning that he gave over and over and over again 
is don't be deceived. In other words, we are entering and are already in a time when there is a spirit of deception that that it has permeated the entire world. And you know, back in back in 2012, and you know, I don't I don't do a lot of political posts. Honestly, you know, I think Christians should vote. I think we should be responsible citizens. But the real truth is, if you think government's going to change the, traje the trajectory of the world, if you think government is going to establish righteousness, if you think having your favorite politician in the office, uh, I mean, in the presidential office or, or in Congress, if you think that's going to make any kind of lasting change, uh, then I, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but you're, you're, you are already deceived because the Bible makes it very clear that Jesus himself will have to come back, conquer the Antichrist and his followers, and establish his kingdom here on the earth where we will rule and reign with him. No man, no group, no church, no group of believers, uh, uh, no human being other than Jesus is ever going to come back and unite heaven and earth uh, in the way that this is going to happen uh, during what we call the millennium. So, but, you know, in 2012, and I said, I don't, I don't do a lot of political posts. My hope has, you know, has never been, I, I believe in being responsible for who you vote for. I believe in putting godly people into office, but my hope has never been in a politician. But back in 2012, I posted, I don't remember how I said it, but basically, you know, I said, I said, when, you know, you know, when you look at the agenda of different political groups, and let, let me just say this, I am not pro-Republican, I am not pro-Democrat, because those of you who think that what's going on in our country is a battle between Democrats and Republicans, you don't really understand the battle, because the real battle is between the elites uh, and the rest of the world. And the elites believe, and by the way, there are elitist uh, Republicans, there's elitist Democrats. The elites believe that because they are so enlightened that they really alone are entitled to all the resources of planet Earth, and they need to get rid of the worthless eaters. They need to get rid of people who are breathing up the oxygen that their, that their heirs, their children, their grandchildren should have. They, they believe that the resources of this Earth should be hoarded up and controlled by a handful of people while the rest of the people starve and live as slaves to the elite on planet Earth. And if you don't understand that that's the real political battle that's going on, uh, then, then it doesn't matter who you're voting for. You're not going to make any difference. And if you think that man or the church, you know, the church has already tried to overthrow the world. An evil church tried to overthrow an evil world, tried to exchange one evil for another evil. And what we got was the Inquisition. Uh, we got, you know, we got the Crusaders. We got all all kinds of wickedness, not, you know, from Catholicism, from Islam, from every every religious group out there has sown their seeds of destruction and corruption in the earth. But I want you to understand something. Uh, there, even when you think about who you're going to vote for, it amazes me that we are so unaware of God's justice. And by the way, I want you to know God's justice is one of the most important factors that we should understand concerning what God wants to do here on earth. You know, I've said this before. I'll say this again. It really hasn't totally been corrupt politicians that have destroyed our world. Uh, in America, it's primarily been corrupt judges. Corrupt judges 
who do not believe in biblical standards of justice, the, the biblical standards of justice upon which our world was established. We have, we have uh, liberal judges who do not seek to uphold the law, but here's the main thing. They have called good evil and evil good because of the primary purpose of justice is supposed to be to protect the innocent. In today's perversion of justice, there is always more effort put forth in per protecting the wicked than there are in protecting the innocent. And so when you, when you look at the political positions uh, that judges and politicians take, and then when you look at the mindset of the people who get in agreement with that kind of wickedness, you know, you just have to realize people can't be that stupid. It is impossible for people to be so stupid as to say that, that the offender should never pay a price, that the offender should never uh, uh, be taken away from society, that the murderer shouldn't be taken away from planet Earth. There, 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 is, there, there is horrible corruption done to the innocent in the name of justice, and it's not justice at all. And so I just you know, went into some of this stuff, and I'll just point out the fact that nobody is this stupid. There is a spirit of deception. Most of the world is is actually uh, yielding to this deception that Jesus and all of the Bible has warned against. Now, over the last 10 years, America and the world has changed more radically than any time probably in the last 100 years. Now, Jesus said something that has always been of great interest to me, uh, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of lifting this out, not out of context, but I'm kind of I'm kind of putting this in, in a modern English concept. But Jesus said one time that people are blind because they insist that they see. See, a person that insists that they see can't be taught. They don't have a repentant heart. They don't have a, re a teachable heart. They, if, if they insist that they see how things really are, in other words, they're insisting that they're really right, then their only goal is to force other people to agree with, with their rightness, which is, which is really, if you want to know the truth, which is really their righteousness. And so we have a world of people that uh, are destroying the economy of the world. They're, they're pushing the poor into greater poverty. They're destroying the middle class. They're taking away all of our, all, particularly all of our religious freedoms, but all of our freedoms of choice. They want to totally dominate the world, and they swear and promise it's going, they're going to make it a better world, but it, but it is not. As a matter of fact, uh, they, they create the problems, and then they promise that if we'll vote for them and give them more power in our lives, that in fact, they will solve the very problems that they actually created, even though they'll never admit that they created all these problems. And their cure for all of this is to eradicate all knowledge of God from planet Earth, to reject all morals, all values, all standards that are based on the Word of God. Now, so... If this is their goal, and we've been watching this goal progress for the last 50 or 60 years, and the world gets darker and darker and more and more corrupt and less and less safe, more and more wicked, and yet they insist that they see, and their followers and voters and supporters insist that they see, and so even though none of it's working, even though the statistics and all the evidence say none of this is working, they're they continue this agenda. So you got to ask, as bad as it's been, as much as the world has gotten corrupted, how could you even imagine that right after the rapture, this is going to accelerate in something that, that is 
inconceivable. It, the world is going to become dark and wicked. Well, I'll tell you why. Because the Bible explains to us in the book of Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, uh, it, it, it explains to us down in about verse uh, 5 and 6, Paul says, remember that when I was still with you, I told you some things. And he said, uh, and now you know what is restraining that he, the evil one, may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, and he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way, and then the lawless one will be revealed. He'll be manifest. We'll finally see him for who he is. We'll finally see that all of these lies that we're hearing about good intentions, bringing peace to the earth, and all this kind of stuff, we will finally see him as he is and realize all of this had wicked intent to destroy our lives, to destroy our futures, to eradicate any hope that we would have in God. And But here, here's the key. Why is it going to suddenly, the world is going to get so incredibly dark, so incredibly wicked. And this is the time that we will enter into. See, already there are more Christians that are being martyred every single year around the world than there have all the years combined and in early history. I mean, that's hard to believe. You're not seeing all the news. You're not reading the newspaper. You're not even able to get, to get reports of it online because, because all the different media sources online, they, they can't tell the truth about these kinds of things. But all across the world, Christians are being lined up. They're being beheaded, and this is being put on film. This is being promoted to the world. And Christians are being burned alive. They're being drowned. Their, their children are being taken away. I mean, every horrible thing that you can imagine. You say, how could this get any worse? And why is it going to get any worse? Because there is something in the world today that is restraining that is going to be removed. And at some point in time, the Bible is very clear that God is going to give people over to the reprobate minds. You say, well, why would God do that? Why would God give people over to the reprobate minds? Because number one, uh, remember, man has authority. God doesn't violate man's will. And right now, there's something or someone working in the earth that can't be violating people's will, but is, is enough of an influence to bring some godly uh, effect to the world so that the wicked are not fully revealing the horrors of their wickedness. But when that which restrains complete lawlessness, complete rejection, of God's laws, God's commandments, God's values, God's standards, God's morals, God's ethics, ethics. When that is removed and it is illegal to profess or to hold or to act on anything based on the word of God, then for the first time, we're going to see how dark, how bizarre, how corrupt, how wicked, how evil the intentions of these people have been since the day that Adam and Eve walked out of the garden to eradicate all knowledge of God from planet Earth. And I'll tell you what we're going to do next week. And man, next week is going to be an eye-opener. We're going to look at the first type in the Old Testament of where this sudden shift, this sudden change and light and darkness is going to happen just like this. And we have, we have a type a shadow, a foretelling, and even a prophecy in the Old Testament that explains this phenomenon. But here's the deal. I want us to do everything we can to, to 
deliver people. Listen, we're doing everything we can to take the gospel of the kingdom of God to the ends of the earth. If you're interested in helping us raise up one billion disciples to the Lord Jesus Christ around the world, go to impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com. Check out becoming a world changer with us. And I'm telling you, we're going we're gonna to take this gospel to the ends of the earth until our last breath. Share this with people, but more than anything else, begin sharing it with the people you love to prepare them to leave planet earth on the day that Jesus calls us to leave planet earth and not be here when darkness overthrows the earth. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website from previous broadcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.